Welcome to Kissing in a Tree with your host, Kelly Nichols. Romance, intimacy, and self-love are easier when we talk about them, and even more so with someone to lead the way. Here is your host, Kelly. Hello, friend, and welcome to Kissing in a Tree. I'm Kelly Nichols. It has been a busy week, but I am so excited for this episode. Today, we will be discussing body positivity and the lived experience of being in a fat body. I do want to mention that if you have a history of disordered eating or body dysmorphia, this might not be the episode for you, and that's okay. We will catch you next week. In today's show, we will discuss steps that you can take to work toward being at peace in your own skin. I really hated my body for the first 20 years of my life. The influences of family and media, bullying at school, all distorted how I viewed myself for years. This is a driving force behind why I created this show. I hope that this episode will help you to feel more comfortable in your body, but I also hope that you will feel less alone in your journey toward loving yourself. Many people, especially women, feel the effects of fat phobia in Western culture and the media and, it, and overcoming this is not easy, but it is possible. To talk about that and her own experience in a fat body, we have an amazing guest today. Ellen Holtz is a senior sales director from Texas and self-described professional fat person with a passion for musical improv. Ellen and I met not too long ago, but we became fast friends, I believe, at least in part because of our similar lived experiences. We both have put work in to redefine our relationships with our bodies and teach ourselves that counter to what we are often told and shown, all bodies are beautiful. I am so excited that Ellen agreed to be on the show. Ellen, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I really, I know that we're going to have a great conversation today. I can feel it. And I am so excited. <laughs> I'm beside myself. I'm so excited. So great. Let's go ahead and just dive in. Um, the first thing that I want to talk to you about is, will you tell me a little bit about your relationship with your body and how it has evolved over time? Oh man. Uh, it has been a huge evolution. Uh, when I was a kid, I've been fat my whole life. Day one came out of the womb, you know, <laughs> overweight and, um, or that's what they called me overweight. Right. So yeah. I I've struggled with that my whole life. I say struggle with that. We're going to get to, we're going to get to what that I mean with that word here in a minute. But, um, when I was a kid, I, and I had, uh, an older sister at the time and all that stuff. And she was, uh, considered a normal size. Right. And so my parents didn't really know what to do with me. And I would get comments all the time from my, from my family, all the well wishes in your life being like, Oh, you're overweight, sweetie, you can't eat all that stuff and you got to move more and you're never, you know, and they, they told me how unacceptable it was to be in my body. Right. And they told me straight up, they said stuff like, you know, you're never going to find a man who's going to love you. You know, you don't want to be bigger and all these things. And, and I believe them. That was a very much so learned. And I internalized that fat phobia um, into my teen years. And even into my 20 years, I, I dieted my whole life and I felt like I was so wrong. And regardless of being an incredibly active kid, I was in sport. I was in several different sports. I was always moving, always on the go, um, working out and eating well, all those things. And the older I got, the, the worse my mindset got, frankly, about it, because I was like, it, 
that, that you're not lovable in a fat body or you're not worthy in a fat body continued to, to just get bigger and bigger. And I, and I got to a point where I don't know if you felt like this Kelly, whenever you were growing up, but I was like, I was nervous when I started to size out of the, the sizes that were carried in store. Yes. And I, I had this huge fear as to like, what am I going to do? So not only are my like well-wishers like telling me you were wrong and, but also the world. Right. So I can't shop in stores and I can't fit in like seats with arms or airplanes and all this stuff or comfortably anyway. So by the time I I had weight loss surgery and in my twenties thinking that's going to be my, you know, hail Mary to all of it, which I lost a significant amount of weight and then I gained it all back. So as I'm heading into my thirties, as I'm gaining back this weight, I went into survival mode and I was basically thinking like, if I don't learn to love myself, then I, I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to continue basically. Right. It's what, what else can I do? So, so in my thirties, it took me a long time to recognize that, that, that self-love and that, um, protective aspect and understanding my worth, I was going to have to teach myself that. So that's when I actively started changing my mindset was so, which I think is too late. I think I, when it should never have gotten to that point. So I don't know, like on your side of things, like when you started to, to really change gears in all of that. Um, for me, there was a very pivotal moment when I was either 19 or 20. Like, I know I still couldn't legally drink yet, but I was in college. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I saw a YouTube video by, um, Joy Nash, I believe. And I think the video is called fat joy. And, um, it was just about how as a fat person, you can't win. If you go to the gym, they think, Oh, why are you, what's the point in trying, right? If you stay at home, it's, well, that's why you look like that. If you eat a salad, it's you're wasting your time. If you eat a burger, it's like, well, that's what you get, right? Like you can't win no matter what choice you pick. And having someone in my life, just one person spell it out and say, y'all, this is bullshit. (laughs) Yes. Hearing that message one time changed my entire life. I'm as, yeah, as a fat kid, you know, it really struck me when you said that you were in survival, because that's what it felt like for me growing up in a fat body. My choice was continue to hate myself mm-hmm. or live. <laughs> there yeah. was no option. Like uh, honestly, yeah. Accepting my body was the only way that I was ever going to live a life that had any joy in it. I, I could not agree with you more. And I got to the point of, okay, I've hated, I've hated this body for so long and I've wasted so much time hating myself. And I was like, I can, I can do this better. Like, I don't have to be so angry and mad and I can like, I don't know. I don't know what you like. I don't know if you took steps after that, after that, like, like catalyst, like moment. But what I did was I started like, I was like, I need to find beautiful fat women and just like follow them on Instagram is what I did. So I, I, I countered everything 
that I had seen all the diet culture in the nineties and the, uh, you know, aughts and all that stuff. I had to figure out how is I going to balance that out? So I just flooded my, all my social media with like following body positive and fat women who I thought were like just beautiful beings, you mm-hmm. know? So that I totally, I agree with you 100%. That is often when someone comes to me and they say, I hate the skin I'm in. I hate my body. What can I do to change that? My first piece of advice is follow people who look like you, whatever that means, follow people who are your race, who share your hair color, who are your same size, who have the same color eyes as you do, who have the same kind Mm -hmm. of hair style that you do follow someone who looks like you, multiple people who look like different aspects of yourself, because then what's going to happen is you are going to start flooding the media that you are receiving with people who look like you. And that will help you because you see bodies are beautiful. Bodies are beautiful. Once you start looking at bodies, you realize there's something beautiful about every single body. And most, most people can look at their own body and start to name things that they love about themselves. If they can first recognize it as beauty and someone else. Yes. So you hit the nail on the head. I hundred percent agree. (laughs) Follow people who look like you. (laughs) Representation. When people say representation doesn't matter. It breaks my heart because I'm like, it absolutely does. You're telling everyone that if you look different or if you're any different color, size, whatever, uh, that you don't belong. Right. And, and so Mm -hmm. just, there's just that affirmation whenever you see somebody like representing somebody who looks and feels like you, it is so nice. It, it was a game changer for me. I would feel so silly, but I, and I feel like it, we go the fat community, we kind of come, we have to find the fat community on our own, or maybe I did. It might've changed since I kind of started, I hear that the younger generations are like totally cool with like different sizes. And isn't that great? I know I'm so jealous. I was like, Oh, you guys are doing it right. And you know, we did not, but Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited that, that that's the change. However, it breaks my heart for me and, and for you and anybody else that it's like, I had to find that path on my own to, to figure out like this, how to be happy. I still have friends today who are not happy with their bodies or they feel like they're less worthy um, when it comes to that stuff. And I'm just, I, I want to grab them. I just want to guide them and, and like, come with me and hear me, but some people aren't ready to hear it either. It's hard, you know, unpacking all of the years of hate that society, media, yourself, your family has poured into you takes courage. It is not an easy thing to do because part of it is also you think of like, you know, what I've had a best friend since I was in fourth grade and they constantly are talking about my body and what I'm eating. So to confront the idea that your body might be okay, it means you are having to recognize that somebody that you care about and that you believe cares about you mm-hmm. is harming you. And yeah. that is a hard pill to swallow. It's a lot easier to say, I'm the problem than the world and the people who love me. And especially when they're coming at you and saying like, listen, this is really about your health. I'm worried about you when you're my doctor, you know? (laughs) Well, in, in something that to me, it's like masked fat phobia. It's like a very thinly veiled fat phobic way to say that I'm concerned about your health too. It's like, okay, doctor, like, let's talk about all my medical things. And frankly, I'm, I'm a pretty darn healthy person outside of some things that maybe we can talk about later is 
is all the things that I needed to fix. The the reason why my body is what it is, is because of the situation that I found myself in that I was naturally born into. And so uh, fixing some of those issues has that I've had like neurologically, as well as like, um, you know, uh, uh, insulin wise and all those things that mm-hmm. my body doesn't do well on its own. Once, once I had a non-fat phobic doctor, which maybe we'll talk about later, cause we have that commonality as well. Um, uh, that's a, that's a huge deep dive that I feel like we're not primed for yet, but, uh, <laughs> it's once I, those health issues that I've talked about with my doctor is the only time that I should be talking about my health. Anybody else talking about my body and my size and being acceptable is not okay. And yes. when I hear somebody, it, I hear people talk, I did not know until recently. And I just, I don't know if anybody's ever told me this, but, um, the word flattering, wearing flattering clothing, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let's take it for, for one, somebody said it recently. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, what, what do you mean by flattering? And what it means is looking thinner yes. is what that means is, is to what flatters you. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, accentuating your smallest parts. Yep. And I was like, oh man, it like, when you look at fashion stuff, is it, is I, there's an Instagram account or something that's like, is it fashion or is it because they're thin? Like, yes. Do you like what they're wearing because it's cool and it's fashionable or is it, does it look good on them because they're thin? So to me, the word flattering is like to wear flattering clothing. I'm like, eh, forget it. Like, no, we're not, we're not talking about that anymore. So no. And that's a great point that you brought up is like, why are we picking the clothes that we are picking? You know, Mm -hmm. as a plus size woman, we are only sold cold shoulders or a wrap style top. Yes. You know, everything that like wants to accentuate us under the bust and Mm -hmm. then flare out. And I'm guilty of it. I'm wearing a piece of clothing that is that exact description right now. But that is in part because that's all that we are given. Right. It's like this is how society says, okay, you can be fat as long as you wear this article of clothing <laughs> you, and we will give it to you in eight different florals. Exactly. And that's it, it. Yeah. And terrible, terrible florals sometimes too. Uh, not all the time. Sometimes they're pretty, but um, it's to me, it's like, we are going to give you what we think is digestible for society for you to look like, right? Mm-hmm. Like here's, here's where, here's where the boundaries lie. And outside of that, we don't want you. And to me, it's, it's like, okay, we have to, we have to negate that. We have to tell society back that it's like, no, you don't get to define me anymore. And, and some of that is us like taking over the finding the word fat empowering again. Right. So us empowering the word fat, making that a neutral term, making that a descriptor and nothing else. It is not uh, a, a, you know, insult to be called fat. Um, now some people use it and they mean it with that context. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't get to own that. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to what we look like in our bodies, I'm still evolving. I don't know about you, but I still, I would love to be able to wear something that shows my belly. Whereas right now Mm -hmm. I still hide it. Um, I I'm, so I'm still evolving and trying to find it, but I try to buck those trends that it's, you know, we're going to give you the cold shoulder. What else do they, I mean, it's, it's, you know, going to Tord and Lane Bryant, half the assortment is going to be, <laughs> you know, those terrible style choices. It is. And I think that it also affects our perception of our bodies on what is acceptable. Like you said, you would like to show something that shows off your belly, but you're really not comfortable with it. And that is 
probably in part because we don't see a lot of fat women out in public doing that. You know, my Instagram is filled with that, but it's because of the people that I choose to follow, right? Right. Mm -hmm. In reality, I can count on my fingers how many times I've seen anyone above a size 14 wearing a crop top. Oh, yeah, exactly. Does not happen. And it's because people stare, people laugh, they take photos, and we don't do that on thin bodies. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that is a tragedy. It's something that I've experienced in person. I have had people take photos of me. I have had strangers that I do not know comment on what I am eating in public. You know, it is very pervasive in our society. How do you navigate those pressures? I um, have learned over the years. I haven't done it very well. Like for instance, I've, I've had, I travel a lot for work and I've had multiple people move, ask to move from me next to me on a plane. Yeah. It's devastating. And so there's a lot of self-talk therapy is one Mm -hmm. thing that I do because it's a traumatic experience at times living in a fat body in a fat phobic world. Um, so, you know, doing a lot of self-talk and talking about like, Hey, this is the situation that I found in and I'm allowed to take up the space that I am, I am taking. I don't need to be a smaller person. So that's been something that is, you know, I need to write it on my mirror and say to myself (laughs) every day, because it's work. It is not easy. And, and that's the reality of the world that we live in, but advocating for ourselves and making sure that we get to, to take up that metaphoric and literal space is so important. And there's, you know, it affects men and women equally, but I think like those little girls that I think of, um, growing up, it's like, please, please, you know, uh, I want their parents to do the work for them some, but also I want them to be empowered as they grow up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is one of the main reasons why I wanted to get into this work is because I know how hard it was for me. And I hope that I can be that YouTube video for someone else, Yes, (laughs) you know? Yes. And you are, you are doing it now. Oh, thanks, Ellen. This has been a great conversation already. I know that we are going to have so much more to talk about after the break. We're going to get into what it's like to date in a fat body. So stay tuned. I know that that is something that will speak to you. We will be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Willow Intimacy offers body positive sex and relationship coaching to improve your relationship with others and with yourself. Transform your sex life and schedule a virtual appointment anywhere in the U.S. Visit willowintimacy.com today to schedule a free consultation and start your journey towards more fulfilling relationships. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. No relationship is perfect. There's always room for improvement, but sometimes knowing where to start can be challenging. Willow Intimacy proudly serves women, men, and non-binary clients and comfortably coaches straight and gay partnerships. 
Take the first step and schedule a free virtual consultation at willowintimacy.com today. We're here to support your journey towards healthier relationships. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Kissing in a Tree, hosted by Kelly Nichols. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Email them at show at willowintimacy.com and you might just get your question answered on air. Once again, that's show at willowintimacy.com. Now back to your host. Welcome back. I am Kelly Nichols. I want to thank you so much for listening. Today we are talking to Ellen Fultz about body positivity and what it is like to live in a fat body in our society. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation that we were having. We are going to go ahead and transition into what it is like to date in a fat body. I know that that is something that many people can relate to. And I um, think Ellen is the perfect person (laughs) to talk about this with. So I'm going to go ahead and dive right in. Ellen, are you ready? I am. I'm beyond ready. I'm stoked (laughs) about talking about this. Great. Um, The first kind of thing that I want to discuss with you is how has being a fat woman influenced your experience with sex and relationships? Oh my gosh. Uh, what a big question. I know (laughs) it is. It is honestly, um, I will say that I, I I think, um, women in the fat community and dating and all that stuff, we have a unique perspective coming into coming into dating for sure. Uh, because we have a fat phobic society that we live in, uh, dating feels, uh, very daunting at times. Because like, for instance, if you're on the dating apps, we have rules about being a fat person and they're unspoken rules, but all of us know them. Right. So I can tell you right now, the kinds of pictures me as a fat person need to put on my dating profile. Right. So the presentation of myself when it comes to like doing dating profiles and things like that has to, has to be present because I have to like admit that I am fat. But also, and how do you do that on your dating profile? What does and, that look like? Well, and, and so it's so nuanced, right? It's so juicy because it's like, I admit that I'm fat and I'm fine with being fat, but I also need to show confidence, but I don't want to overcompensate. So you're like, how much do I talk about it? And really, so it's like a lot of just representing in pictures. And I say that we should not have to do that. We should just, it should just be okay that we are who we are because we're just as valid and gorgeous and beautiful as anybody else but it is just a nuanced thing in the times that we are. But I, I know that you've had your own interesting challenges in, in dating apps and things like that. Uh, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. I, so Ellen is referencing the fact that I met my husband online. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have a bit of experience. I think that's a success story, right? Um, and part of what you said is absolutely what I had to do in my online do- dating profile. I had a line that flat out said, listen, I am fat. I am so okay with that. If you are not, do not waste my time. Mm-hmm. And we also mentioning um, what you had talked on earlier, you know, the unwritten rules. There are so many things that we have to do, right? We have to put on full body photos full body. Mm-hmm. that can't be too flattering, yep. right? <laughs> yeah. But they also can't be unflattering, <laughs> 
Cause like, you're obviously trying to find a romantic partner. Like it is such a tightrope to try to walk. How have you kind of balanced that in your online dating experience? I, I got, I got really good at it after a while I started collecting and curating photos and I was like, Oh, that's a good one of me that I feel like is my true self. Um, but also I feel like I am confident in it. Right. Cause you don't want to mm-hmm. show really photos that you're not confident in. Cause then whenever you get responses back and things like that, you, you question, you're like, Oh, I don't really look like that. You know? So anyway, mm-hmm. it's, it is not easy, but I am an extremely good flirt. Like I'm very good at flirting (laughs) online. So I can, I can handle myself. Like, believe me, I've, you know, I, (laughs) I, I can do that and I can handle that. So, so when it comes to like that conversation, my personality, once I get past that, my personality really takes over, but honestly, like advertising and being confident in your photos and feeling good about what you're putting out there is the best thing that we can possibly do. Um, and I have to say, uh, not dating on apps actually has been better for me recently. Uh, obviously, cause you know that I am now in a relationship and he's absolutely wonderful. And it's somebody that I've, I've known for a long time and to kind of, um, segue into that, something that I had been doing as a fat person, I don't know if you can relate to this is I've been overcompensating with dating apps. So I went on to dating apps because I knew that those people were looking for, you know, whatever it is, a relationship or hookup or whatever it was, at least there was context there that they, that if they were talking to me, there was likely some interest versus having to put myself out there with people that I knew in real, like the real world. I didn't know. I didn't have that like cheat of whether they might be interested in me or not. So it's a bigger gamble on the real world, but, um, you know, I'm in a relationship and now with someone that I've known for a while, and it, it was a leap of faith. There was a little bit of flirting, a little bit in a, in a leap of faith, but it, it had nothing to do with, it, it took me until I was 38 years old to understand that it had nothing to do with my body. It had everything to do with my connections with people. And I was glad that I did it. So, you know, if somebody's listening and they're thinking that, oh, dating is dating apps is the way to go. It, it is, it's a great, it's a great tool and it's a great source to meet and find people but also give yourself a chance to meet somebody in like in real life. Like if you're crushing on somebody, you know, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take, you know? So it sounds like you kind of had to find the confidence to go ahead and change that friendship to a relationship. Are you comfortable sharing a little bit about what that looked like and, yeah. and how you made that happen? I love talking about it too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I've known John for a long time but it wasn't until the pandemic when we started playing like online games and stuff with our group of friends together that I really got to know him. And then frankly, we, we went on a vacation together. Um, but is as friends, um, a while ago last year. And then he started showing up to some of my comedy shows and, um, you know, we, it just, it just, the, the frequency of when we hung out and how often we were connecting grew and all that stuff. And, I kind of noticed he brought a friend, actually, I don't know if I've told you this before, but he brought a friend to one of my comedy shows and I got jealous thinking that it was a date. (laughs) And, uh, and then I was like, Oh, what is this feeling? Why do I feel like that? (laughs) So, you know, it took a little bit of courage and a few more, like kind of me testing the waters before I eventually bit the bullet and just said, Hey, I'm interested in you. Do you want to go out sometime? Uh, and he said, yes, cause he's wonderful and awesome. So there was that evolution of like, 
I think something, if you had talked to Ellen, you know, five, 10 years ago, I would have said, absolutely not. I won't put myself out there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that because I have, I've tried and failed before, you know, back in high school, I, we didn't have dating apps. And so it's like putting myself out there is risk for rejection, but there's something that I heard a long time ago. I say it's a long time ago, a couple of years ago, that was like, Hey, you could be the most beautiful peach in the whole world. And you could be the sweetest, gorgeous, peachiest peach of all time, queen of peaches. And there are still going to be people in the world that don't like peaches. They just do not. And so it's like, you know what? That's okay. That's not it. Now I don't have to take it personally. If I get rejected, that just means that, Hey, they went into me and they, they have a different preference. Okay, cool. Moving on. So it was really taking off that ownership, all that fat phobic trauma that we got when we were kids saying that we we're unlovable. It's like, that's untrue. Mm-hmm. It just, whenever it got compounded with rejection, you're just like, Oh, that is coming true. That is true. I, I am fat. So therefore I don't deserve love. When really it was like, no, I was talking to somebody who doesn't like peaches, you know, (laughs) it was, I make the, um, a very similar analogy, but I say it's tea, you know, I'm a damn good cup of tea, but you might not like tea, right? (laughs) Yeah. You're a coffee drinker. Great. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I totally agree with that mindset shift. And I think that once you are able to make that change, Mm -hmm. it really does allow you to handle rejection better because it kind of takes away the shame, right? This isn't a me problem. Like I'm fine. It's just, they're not looking for what I'm selling and that's okay. (laughs) Yes. Taking away shame, not only, not only in dating your dating life, if you're a fat person and you can take away the shame of being fat, like your life will improve because you are no longer, it is no longer your fault. Mm -hmm. Uh, you are not lazy. You are not somebody who is incapable. You are somebody who's worthy of love and strong, but you know, so it, it, to me, the most fun is whenever you realize like it improves your dating life too, but, but also other areas of your life too, like work and friendships and, you know, relationships with your family even. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Once you kind of are able to contextualize and, and realize that the problem isn't in you, it can really improve every relationship you have because it ultimately improves the relationship you have with yourself. You feel more confident, right? I am a good friend. I am a good, you know, cousin. I am a good employee. I am a good wife. And I can say all of those things because I've taken the time to really learn who I am. And part Mm -hmm. of that was unpacking the hate that fat phobia had poured into me. Right. Yeah. Stop believing the lies of what, so everybody is thinking that they're, I say everybody, all the well-wishers in your life telling you that, Hey, you need to change in order to feel better. It, they don't understand They're I, I don't appreciate what they're doing. They don't realize sometimes they don't realize the harm that they're causing, but because it's traumatic, it is, it is awful to experience when somebody says that you're not okay as you are just, you know, but like countering that and learning to love yourself has been like, especially in dating. Like I, I have dated more in my thirties than I ever did in my twenties. And frankly, even when I, after weight loss surgery, 10 years ago, whenever that was, and I was at my thinnest, I, it did not solve any of my problems. I was still very fat phobic in my own body. I still felt like I wasn't worthy and good enough. 
And it's like, if not then, then when, like I, I, it's a mindset, like mindset shift, not, not anything else. So, you know, oh my gosh, I, I get so, I get so frustrated about it when I, when I think of all the, you know, shame that's been put on us over the years about this Mm -hmm. um, and how long it's impacted all of us, you know, it's very unfair. It is. You're right. And speaking of the shame that comes along with that, have you ever been shamed on a date by the person you're on a date with? Mm -hmm. You want to share some of those experiences? Sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, one, one time in particular stands out and this is before I, this was when I was learning the lesson, you have to put a full body photo on your dating profile Mm -hmm. because I thought I was representative, but again, you know, uh, I'm going to put flattering photos on there. So, uh, we had talked beforehand, great banter, really like a lot of commonalities. And I didn't think anything of it. And I, and frankly, I thought he was a fat person, uh, there. I, I, I date, I've dated all size ranges, but sometimes it's nice to date fat people because they automatically just understand and they can talk your language. But I get to the, I get to the restaurant and he's like an architect or something. And I was like, Oh, great. That sounds cool. Like in design, I have a design background and all these things. I get to the restaurant and walk up to the table, which he's already there. And he did the once over and yes. you know, me up and down. And I instantly I could read him and just tell that he was no longer interested. Yep. Um, which again, that's fine that he wasn't interested in me. It's the way that he handled it. Right. So we had dinner but he, it was, he was giving off clear signals that he was no longer interested. And it was very obvious that it was because of my body shape. And after dinner, for whatever reason, he wanted to take a loop around the thing. And, you know, we hugged and said goodbye, but I've never been so embarrassed. And I've never known more without somebody saying a word about it. I've never known more how much like, like that person was not okay with my body. So I've had very similar experiences. And I think it's interesting that you pointed out that he was in a bigger body because most of the negative experiences I've had have been with people who wouldn't be categorized as thin. And Uh I think that's because we internalize the fat phobia even more than thin people, because we are being told all of our lives, this is bad. This is a problem with you. And we believe that. And we start to look at other fat people that way. And it's even worse if that person has lost any amount of weight, because then to distance themselves from the fatness, they become even more fat phobic and they have even more of a problem with other fat people. Um, I went on a date one time and it was very clear early on. We were not interested in each other and that's okay. It was a quick date. Mm -hmm. Um, And as he's walking me to my car, He's like, so we both agree. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't it. You know, that's okay. I wish you the best. And he looked at me and said, well, that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't go down on me in the back of my Jeep. I'm totally serious. So have you had any experiences like that where you feel like men are expecting you to become sexual right away Mm -hmm. because of your body? Yes. Um, and I, I was confusing this with like for a long time. I thought that mm-hmm. if a guy was interested in me in my body, um, that he liked me and then I was, but I was also hidden. Uh, but yes, it felt, I felt a lot of pressure, uh, the entire time I was dating, uh, to, 
to immediately validate with sex um, and sex quickly. Um, mm-hmm. That is how you um, showed that you were valuable uh, to some extent, um, which is not okay. I think I got, I think I got some good, but also bad advice that, cause I was mm-hmm. shy in my body. Cause being a bigger body and having sex, you're like, ah, and, uh, one of my friends told me, which I, I still really like this advice is she goes, I've never taken my clothes off. And then a guy seen me and said, I don't want to have sex anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's <That's> like, true. <laughs> it's like, okay, I can get over that hump. I know that that person's interested in me. It's, it's the next thing after that is one validating with sex early is not something you needed. You can have sex whenever you want. I don't care if you want to hook up, whatever, but it's the intent in your mind is like, am I doing this because I want to, or am I doing this because I want to make sure that they stick around to mm-hmm. or whatever capacity that is. But, um, and then after that, it's like, oh, but I, now I can feel confident in my body, except now they're also hiding me has been the other thing that I've experienced that kind of couples along with that. I don't get introduced to friends or to parents or to whomever. And that's a horrifying because you question and you have opportunities for gaslighting there. And they're like, yeah, oh, you know, my last serious relationship, he did that. I never met any of his friends, which is extremely, you know, and we were together a year and a half and I didn't wow. meet a single one of his friends. So yeah. Had he but, met your friends? Yeah. Yeah, he did. And what was the, what did the conversation around that look like? Like when I asked him, why didn't I meet friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would call him out on it. And he's like, oh, you won't like them because they, you know, they didn't do this or that. Like they didn't have an accomplishment or they were, you know, did drugs or something or went, you know, smoked weed or whatever. And I was like, I, do you know the hooligans I hang out with all the time? Like <laughs> I love, I love all walks of life. Like I don't, so, so he kept justifying as to why I wouldn't be a good fit with his friends. And I was like, okay, but then, then why are we together? Like, if I'm not, if I don't fit, how does this work? You know? So very frustrating and not okay to hide fat women. It's no, no. And it also, you know, really makes us, uh, it dehumanizes us, right? Like we aren't worthy of being um, shown and having someone be proud of us. Right. Um, Ellen, I can't thank you enough for being so open, so vulnerable. This has been a great conversation. I feel like we have um, really had some insightful conversations about fat phobia and how fat people are able to walk around in our world in a way that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Um, When we come back from a quick break, we are going to be answering some questions that listeners have written in. I know that you're going to have great insight. I can't wait. So all of you at home, just stick right there and we will be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. No relationship is perfect. There is always room for improvement, but sometimes knowing where to start can be challenging. Willow Intimacy proudly serves women, men, and non-binary clients and comfortably coaches straight and gay partnerships. Take the first step and schedule a free virtual consultation at willowintimacy.com today. We're here to support your journey towards healthier relationships. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Willow Intimacy offers body-positive sex and relationship coaching to improve your relationship with others and with yourself. Transform your sex life and schedule a virtual appointment anywhere in the U.S. Visit willowintimacy.com today to schedule a free consultation and start your journey towards more fulfilling relationships. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Kissing in a Tree, hosted by Kelly Nichols. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Email them at show at willowintimacy.com and you might just get your question answered on air. Once again, that's show at willowintimacy.com. Now back to your host. Hi, we are back. Thank you so much for listening. I am Kelly Nichols, and I've been joined today by the wonderful Ellen Fultz. Ellen, thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm so excited. I am too. It's been a great episode, and I can't wait to dive into some listener questions. But first, I want to highlight this week's sexual health organization. Again, this will never be a a sponsored portion of the show. This is just a clinic that I feel like is doing some really important work. Um, This week, we are going to talk about Project Stay, which is in New York City. They offer free and confidential individualized sexual health counseling for all youth ages 13 all the way through 29 in New York City. You can call and even text if you are worried about um, someone overhearing you. Their number is 646 254-4000. You can also visit their website at projectstay.nyc. Again, that is projectstay.nyc. All right, Ellen, I have the first question. Are you ready to dive in? I'm so ready. Okay, great. So this first question was submitted from a listener. It says, I've always been told that my body shape isn't ideal for certain activities or clothing styles. It makes me hesitant to try new things and express myself. I want to start engaging more in public spaces. How can I build confidence to embrace my body and pursue the things that bring me joy? Sure. Uh, you can do absolutely anything and you can wear whatever you want. That's easy. Uh, clothes fit you. You don't fit clothes. I cannot stand it when somebody says I can't fit into my jeans. And I said, well, the jeans, that means that you get to buy other jeans. Um, Mm -hmm. like that's all that means. Uh, I don't like that, you know, that we've been pressured so much to make sure that we, you know, are so embarrassed, like, Oh, I need to, I don't fit in my favorite jeans anymore. Oh, how terrible. I was like, ah, no, you change all the time. Your body's going to change and evolve. So w- number one, wear whatever you want. And then two, I have been rock climbing as a bigger person. I have gone on hikes. I have, you know, I, I, flying on planes has been something of a challenge that I've, I still overcome, but all I do is I just say, this is my space. Um, something that I did a lot was CrossFit a long time too. And in CrossFit, it's very, very physical, but there's modifications. And not only do I need modifications, 
some of these like athletes need modifications. So simply because you're a bigger person doesn't mean that you're any less valid, that you don't get to ask for those things to, to get experiences in your life. Like that's, you know, have a good time. You have one life, have fun. Don't worry about it. You're absolutely right. And I, love what you said about mentioning all the things that you've done. Something else that you participate in is you um, do musical improv. You are part of a couple comedy um, groups. Have you found that it was easy for you to get on stage or were you hesitant because of your size? Um, I love being the center of attention all the time, all the time. I absolutely love it. But there has been, so a lot of the shows get recorded and you have to do promos a lot. Something I still struggle with this to this day is seeing a video of my moving body because typically I see photos like stills and they're edited and I get to pick and choose which ones I show. And so in promotions and stuff like that, I, I still struggle with this is seeing my body in motion and how it works and how it moves and stuff like that, just because I haven't been practiced enough yet seeing my body in motion. So, so no, not getting on stage is not a fear because I'm not looking at me. Y'all are looking at me and y'all seen me a million times. It's myself (laughs) looking at myself is what's been the struggle, honestly, in the promotions Mm. for those shows. So I try to just say, like, give myself a break. And I understand that it's going to be an evolution. It's not like I get to decide to like watching my body, but I, I say, okay, we're going to let either. Sometimes it's like, I'm going to let somebody else post that video and I'm not going to take it down. I'm going to let myself be tagged in it and move on. And sometimes it's going to be, okay, I'm ready to post this video. So, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm still working on so much stuff myself, um, to just feel better in my own body, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what you mentioned is kind of taking baby steps, right? Like first, okay, I'll let somebody put it on Facebook. Okay. Then I'll allow them to tag me. And then now I'm ready to post a video by myself. Right. (laughs) And I think that that is something that the listener who wrote this question, um, should really focus on is like, you don't have to be ready for everything all at once. Right. You don't have to go buy the outfit that you really want to wear, but you don't quite feel comfortable in the same night that you are trying a new thing. (laughs) You know, you can, take baby steps to get there. Um, also when we were talking about clothing earlier, and then in this question, she mentions being hesitant to try new clothing options. Mm -hmm. I want to stress that the clothes that you put on your body should feel good. That is something that so many fat bodies are not used to hearing because we are told squeeze in, wear the spandex, put on more elastic, put on layers, even though it's 95 degrees outside, like we are told all of these things and none of those clothing options are comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. So if we can practice being comfortable in what we are putting on our body, and that means being confident in how we look, right? Buy something that you feel like represents your personality that highlights whatever part of your body you love that is in your favorite color, even if it doesn't go great with your hair, right? Like take steps wearing clothing and buying clothing that feels comfortable on your skin because you're never going to feel comfortable in your body. If the whole time you're thinking the denim in these jeans are pinching me wrong. And, you know, I'm wearing spanks that are bisecting me right now. (laughs) You can't feel comfortable in your skin. If you are struggling with all of those internal thoughts of sensory that is uncomfortable, right? Mm. Oh, a thousand percent. That's you're not going to have a good time. You're not going to have a good time doing what you want. If you're in your head about it. 
Mm-hmm. And that goes for dating too. That goes back to our dating stuff. Like wear something that you're going to feel confident in because confidence is the most sexiest thing. So, yes. so whoever wrote that question, uh, be confident and feel sexy while you're doing whatever rock climbing or whatever you plan on doing. <laughs> that's right. Wear your lingerie when you're rock climbing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Damn it. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, you do that. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and read the second question now. Okay. It says, I am a plus size woman. And on most days I absolutely adore myself. The only exception to this is when I have to go to the doctor. Oh. I have a history with an eating disorder, and it is triggering for me to know exactly what I weigh. This is genuinely discouraging me from scheduling even routine care. Any tips for going to the doctor's office without feeling like trash? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, this has been something that I've been practicing for a long time. My, I will try to make this short cause I know that we don't have five hours, but, um, <laughs> I had a very fat phobic doctor my entire life from age three to 30 something. And, uh, my entire life was, uh, eat less, uh, and, uh, move more. I mean, no matter what I could come in with a headache and that was the same thing. And basically all of my problems in my life, he was prescribing to say that I, I, it was my weight was the Mm -hmm. issue. Um, and I was weighed every time. I've been weighed at, you know, the diet things that we all do, like, you know, growing up and doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's my thing. I refuse to be weighed anymore. If my doctor now needs it, I've switched doctors and we can talk about that, but um, switch doctors to a non-fat phobic doctor, I specifically health at every size doctor. And she can take my weight. That's fine. If she needs it for her metrics or whatever insurance thing that she has to turn in, but I'm not interested in knowing it. So that's one thing you can do is one, you could either be refused or two, say, I don't want to know, please don't tell mm-hmm. me because it's triggering. And guess what? It doesn't do you any good. I, and so, so from my perspective, something that I've been doing is I've been fixing all of, I have late diagnosed ADHD as well as other like comorbidities that come along with that. So like insomnia and all these things. And ironically, guess what? There are all a lot of food related things that come along with that. So whenever I switched over to my new doctor who I intentionally sought out to be somebody who would, um, see anybody and address me and my health concerns, regardless of my size, I, I have changed my perception on what is and isn't my fault. And I have changed my perception on how I will look at my own health. So for instance, changing all of my neurological things and my food related, my own food related disorders I am not going to weigh myself because that is not the goal. Weight is merely just a causality of whatever's going on in your body. It has nothing to do with who you are, your self-will or anything like that. So I will not be weighed and I will only, um, if my body changes because of the changes I'm making to address all my health concerns, fine, whatever. That's only going to be a natural occurrence and not a forced one. So if weight is triggering to you, don't, don't weigh yourself or have, mm-hmm. don't let somebody else weigh you. I could not agree more. Um, something that really bonded us early on. So Ellen and I met through her boyfriend. I, um, have been friends with John. I met him through my husband. And so, um, when we met, it was definitely like a kismet 
Mm-hmm. I think interaction, because we could look at each other and say, oh, we are in very similar body types that not many people are in. <laughs> so we instantly fell in love. And something that we talked about early on was how we navigate the medical system. Mm-hmm. And something that was so similar for both of us is that we both go to the same PCP. And that was a huge shift in how I viewed my body and how I sought medical care was when I intentionally sought out a primary care physician who was healthy at every size mindseted and who I feel like would listen to my actual problem and realize that that is the issue and not my body. And once I started receiving that care, it, it genuinely changed my relationship with my body, even though I was already very body positive, hearing a doctor say, there are things that we can do for your sinus infection that aren't eat more carrots was (laughs) life changing. Did you have a similar experience when you went Uh to her? Uh, so let me tell you, I had, um, a lot of swelling going on in my body and it was very, um, it was painful to walk and it was painful to climb upstairs. I had been told all my whole life, even when I addressed it with my previous doctor, I was like, Hey, this is limiting my mobility. Um, and he was like, well, it's because you're overweight, which is a word that I hate by the way, because that means there's a correct weight, but neither here nor there. He was blaming it on my weight. And, uh, the second, that was the first thing I brought up to her. And she gave me knee injections, which it wasn't it, but she was looking for the reason as to why found out red meat was causing uric acid to build up in my body, which was causing the inflammation. The second I cut out, I say the second two weeks after I cut out red meat out of my diet, I had no longer painful to walk. I could walk upstairs easily Mm -hmm. having somebody treat you with respect And I hate to say it as though you're a thin person and finding root causes of your issues is, is what you deserve as a person. It's unfair that we have to find that doctor, that it takes us, um, research and, um, you know, references and recommendations to find that, but advocate for yourself. If you don't like talking to your doctor, stop going to them, stop, Mm -hmm. find somebody who you do like. So I totally agree. I do want to point out that Ellen and I both live in um, a major metroplex. So we are privileged in that we have the ability to choose from hundreds of physicians. If you are not in an area where that is your reality and you are still struggling with the only PCP that is, you know, within an hour and a half drive of your house, that is fine. You can still advocate for yourself in those moments. Like Ellen said, refuse to be weighed. If they insist that they have a weight because otherwise your insurance won't pay for the visit, then say, okay, I can self-report my weight and tell them whatever number you want. Or say, if you have to weigh me, I'm going to turn around and not look at the scale. And I don't want you to tell it to me and I will not know. And then if you go into your appointment and you are struggling with things and your physician is always telling you weight is the cause, tell your physician, what would you say if I were a thin person? It is sad that we have to do that, but that is a way to advocate for yourself. If I were thin, what solutions would we have? What diagnostic tools would you utilize? Having difficult conversations with your physicians can help. And that is part of why I wanted to do the show is to help give little tidbits like that. Um, I hope that you have been able to gain something from my conversation with Ellen today. I feel like we really touched on a lot of hot button issues that we will dive into more on another episode. I already can't wait to have you back. (laughs) Thank you so much. Where can someone find you online? 
Um, so, uh, it's, uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, or Instagram really. Uh, it's, uh, it's Ellen, not Helen, uh, with underscores in between those words, or, um, my comedy troupe is friends to death on Instagram, but it's friends period to period death. Uh, so if you ever want to see a musical improv show, uh, but, but yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ellen. I really appreciate it. And until next week, deepen your roots, branch out with love and keep growing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Kissing in a Tree. We hope you learned something new and that you use it to enrich the relationships in your life. Until next time, we hope you feel loved.